Welcome to Mashley at the Movies. I'm Ashley. And I'm Matt. And today we're going to discuss Glass Onion. Glass Onion is the new movie from Ryan Johnson. It is the sequel to um, Knives Out. The official title for this is Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. Uh, it once again stars Daniel Craig as Benoit Blanc, uh, the world's greatest detective. <laughs> and in this movie, um, he ends up on an island owned by a very rich person, played by Edward Norton. And several of Edward Norton's characters' friends get invited to this island for a weekend that is a murder mystery where you have to solve the murder of Edward Norton's character. Um, and it is got a pretty decent cast. You got Catherine Hahn and Kate Hudson, Dave Bautista, Janelle Monet. Um, and so, yeah, it, and there's also a lot of cool cameos in this as well mm-hmm. and uh, a fair amount of twists and turns. So yeah, um, that's, that's your, your setup for, for Glass Onion. Yeah, and like Knives Out, I think this is a a fun uh, mystery, and not much more. I was kind of surprised by the the huge success of Knives Out. I mean, it was a good, fun movie, but I, I I'm surprised that it kind of captured seems to have captured the imagination of the public. And now we're going to have two sequels, and this is the first of the two sequels. Um, I think this one is just as good as the first one. Um, it does, you know, it's kind of right up my alley because it, it deals with kind of the Agatha Christie tropes of a mystery. It's, it's kind of an homage to, to a lot of those. I mean, obviously the detective here is, you know, heavily influenced by Hercule Poirot, Agatha Christie's character, uh, detective. Um, and the setup, you know, this group of people on a, just on an island. It's very Agatha Christie. Um, it definitely had shades of, and then there were none, and evil under the sun. Yes, um, two of Christie's works that I was put in mind of here. Yes, and there are several other tropes uh, sprinkled throughout that reminded me of other Christie works. Um, so yeah, it, if you're really into those kinds of old-fashioned mysteries, I think you know you might appreciate it maybe on an even deeper level than than um, kind of the casual viewer. But I think it's it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of humor in it. Um, the, the mystery is interesting. I, I can't say that I was completely overwhelmed by, you know, the, the, the solution to the mystery, but, um, um, it was, it was still a fun ride. I don't know that it really sticks the landing. I the, the very end of the movie didn't quite work for me. It was, or it was a little disappointing. Um, but like I said, a lot of great performances. I really liked Kate Hudson, who is someone I haven't seen recently. Maybe I just haven't been watching the right movies, but I haven't seen her recently, and I thought she was pretty funny. Um, but the entire cast was was good. And it looks... Um, the set is interesting. The The house um, is pretty cool. Um, yeah, there's like... A, the house actually is... Part of it looks like a literal glass onion. Right, yeah. The, the top of it, there's like a, a glass onion. And I like the metaphor of the glass onion, which... Uh, I think the title of this movie is inspired by the Beatles song, and they they both use a glass onion as a metaphor for for something that seems to have a lot of layers, but is actually very simple and clear. You can look right through it very easily. Um, so I like that metaphor. So yeah, I I, I enjoyed it. 
Um, I don't think it's a great film, but I, I thought it was a fun, fun movie. Yeah. I should mention that. So this is a Netflix movie. So like you, you referenced earlier, you know, this, uh, there's two more sequels. There's two sequels being done to Knives Out. This is the first one. Uh, and they're going to make another one, I guess. These are Netflix produced. So Netflix, after Knives Out was a success, Netflix paid Ryan Johnson like $400 million mm. for the two, to make the two sequels. And, um, then Netflix was kind of cajoled into releasing Glass Onion in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, initially they were going to be like, no, this is just going to show up on our streaming channel. And that's where people can see it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think there's some arm twisting and Netflix was like, okay. So what they've done is, um, and the reason we're talking about it now is because for one week only, kind of starting with like, I think the day before Thanksgiving, um, it's going to be in a, just a little under 700 theaters nationwide. And then, and then they're yanking it and putting it, um, on, on just the Netflix streaming service starting like a few days before Christmas. And, you know, 700 theaters kind of sounds like a lot, but when you realize that most, uh, you know, or a lot of mainstream releases get put out in like anywhere from 3000 to 4000 theaters, then this is 700 is not quite so many. In fact, we drove two hours. Um, to just see this so we could see it in a theater. Um, and we saw this and the Fablemans, which was also not playing where we live. And we'll talk about the Fablemans in an episode, uh, in a few days. But I think this actually benefited, this movie benefited from being seen with an audience because the audience we saw it with, and it was, it was a fairly packed theater. They were really into this. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly the folks, whoever the folks were toward the back left hand side of the theater. <laughs> They were really, really like whooping and hollering at certain parts and, and were very, and that helped me, you know, it's just kind of psychological, right? You know, when you hear other people are kind of having a good time with the movie you're watching, it sort of make, even, even if, even if you're a little like kind of so so on it, it kind of like works on you and like, oh, well, yeah, this is good. This is good, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, this is fine. Um, I like this actually better than the original Knives Out. Um, it's just a little bit more fun and it's a little bit more briskly paced and, uh, and whatnot. There are some pacing issues. Um, things do kind of grind to a halt about midway through and I won't say much more than that, but it, the, to me, that's, th- that's not where the pacing issues begin, but, I don't know. The movie felt a little uneven to me. Um, and I enjoyed Benoit Blanc, um, the character. Um, Daniel Craig seems to be, you know, having a fun time with him. And very much in certain parts of this, he very much reminded me of Hercule Poirot, particularly if anyone's seen the early 80s um, Peter Ustinov version of Evil Under the Sun. I, he reminded me a lot of that particular <laughs> Poirot. Um, I also, like you said earlier, I also not sure. I feel like it stuck the landing. And what I mean by, I actually was very fine with, so, okay. So when you have a mystery and particularly like in a murder mystery like this, you have the reveal of the murderer. And so you have the who done it. And then there's also usually accompanying that there's the how and the why. So like, what was their motive? Like who did it? What was their motive? And how do they do it? What was, you know, their opportunity and everything. This was, to me, fine in all those regards. I, there are some particularly more modern mysteries where 
I don't really think they handle all those things well. This movie did. Where this movie fell down at is it makes a big production. I'm trying not to do spoilers here, but it, it makes a big production out of then trying to bring about justice, you know, against mm-hmm. this person, right? And I think it kind of falls down there. I, I it it lost me with that. Um, also, this movie, uh, you know, I, I will take a step back here. You know, Ryan Johnson, I am, I like some of the stuff I've seen him direct. You know, he, he, he directed Looper, which I think is fine. Um, I, like I said, the first time's out is, is fine. Um, not a huge fan of The Last Jedi. That's more with the story. I think just Last Jedi looks beautiful. It's a beautiful looking movie. But we saw this, like I said earlier, um, the same day we saw The Fablements. We saw like right after we saw The Fablements, the new Steven Spielberg joint. <laughs> and, that that unfortunately was to this movie's detriment because you have like master filmmaker Steven Spielberg and his Fablemans, which looks like a, a proper film, right? <laughs> and with with uh, with Glass Onion, I felt like I was watching a made for Netflix movie on the big screen, mm-hmm. which I mean I, I was, but it looked like it. And, you know, and like I said a moment ago, I mean. I've seen a lot of Ryan Johnson movies and they look, they look good usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one just looked, it kind of looked like something made for TV that I was watching on the big screen. And one reason I noticed that is like, you know, the location, this island they go to, I mean, the set design, like the house we talked about earlier was really gorgeous. The, the island is beautiful, but just the shots of it and the shots in general, I'm like, I don't know. This all feels flat. Yeah. That's interesting. Hey. You leaned over to me during this movie after, you know, we had just seen the Fablemans and we were watching this one. And yeah, you said it, it, I hadn't, I hadn't really been thinking about it, but after you said it, yeah, it was, it was very obvious. Yeah. There, there's just something about the, the framing or this, the style of the direction. It was just like you say, kind of flat and boring compared to what we had just seen. Mm-hmm. You're right. The, the, the sets look great. Um, it's a good looking movie, but just stylistically it, it wasn't up to par as compared to the previous film we had just seen. Um, and I can only agree with you about the, the ending. There are, there are elements that I, I flat out really don't like about the ending. Um, but I can just leave it at that without getting into spoilers. <laughs> um, and yeah, there was, there's a point in the, in the middle section here. It just felt like it was meandering at one point. In fact, I, I had a moment in the theater where I was like, wow, this movie, it feels like it doesn't know where it's going to go. It's like, it's, it's, which is, you know, it's, it's cool when a movie goes in an unexpected direction. And this movie does that at times. Um, but there was a point where I was just like, this just feels like they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And they're just kind of, we're just kind of waiting around for something to happen. Um, so that's not a good feeling to have. Yeah, I, I I don't know. Overall, it was it was an enjoyable experience, but um, there's definitely issues with it. It's not. Um, it has you know it has really good reviews, and the uh, audience seems to really love it. Um, but I I am always a little I'm a little meh. Yeah, I I think it's enjoyable as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I it's certainly something I would recommend. Um, like I said, that the, the the nearly full auditorium we saw it with seemed to like it. 
Yeah, I can only yeah agree with you that I, I hate I hate the way Netflix is doing this because this movie I think should be seen in a theater because the audience was really into it and that I think really improved my experience of the film and it's a shame if I think a vast majority of people are only going to experience this you know on their sofa at home and not have that communal viewing experience mm-hmm. um, so that's a shame I don't I I wish Netflix would you know, be a, a bit more um, willing to have longer and more wide um, theatrical releases. But yeah, and they've done that in the past. I mean, for a few of their films, but it's again been a very limited mm-hmm. theater release. And then I think they've done it for certain ones a tad longer than a week. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's overall it's not been um, terribly long. I. Um, I think right now they have their Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio movie yeah. that they're going to be having come to their uh, streaming service very soon. Uh, that's out in theaters right now, very limited release. We also saw that again, not where we live, but <laughs> a few hours away. Um, we'll talk about that in an upcoming episode. But uh, yeah, so what's your score? Um, I'm going to give it a 7.5. Okay, I give it a 7. So our score is a 7.3. It's in the 90s on the tomato meters, audiences and critics. So, um, yeah, that's Glass Onion. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.